Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Mind Shifters Radio with the Forgiveness Doctor, Dr. Michael Rice. I'm Jeannie Rice, your co-host. We also have co-hosts Dr. Tim Hayes and Michelle Pichet. We will share with you the wisdom of the first century Aramaic internal process of forgiveness. We offer tools and support five days a week. We will support you in building a solid foundation within yourself to live in pure love in Aramaic, Brachma. Michael is the author of the book, Why Is This Happening to Me Again? For more information about the forgiveness process, please visit www.whyagain.org. And now, welcome to the show, Mind Shifters Radio. Hello and welcome to Mind Shifters Radio. I'm Tim Hayes. I'm your host for the first hour. And today is Friday, January 6th, 2023. As always, we're grateful to everyone who's joining us here today, whether you're listening live or through the archives, as we spend another couple of hours teaching and supporting people in using some of the most powerful, effective, efficient, and accessible tools I've ever encountered. These tools are available absolutely free through the tireless efforts of Dr. Michael and Jeannie Rice on the website at whyagain.org. If you go to that website and click on the two words that say Start Here in the upper left-hand corner, it will take you to a page where you can download and read Chapter 24 of Dr. Michael Rice's book. His book is titled, Why Is This Happening to Me Again?, That chapter of the book contains a narrative description of the primary tool in this work. That tool is called the Reality Management Worksheet, sometimes called the Reality Management Wake-Up Sheet. And it's a tool I've been using to great effect for over 18 years to improve the quality of my life and most of my relationships and to turn any negative emotional experience I have into part of the infallible guidance system that each and every one of us has been given. You can also download the actual worksheet process itself. It's a simple PDF file. You click the link, download it, print it off, copy it as often as you'd like, and use it over and over again, absolutely free. You can also download a whole host of audio files of shows just like this one where people have been stepped through that worksheet process. And if you choose to listen to them, they can form a powerful tutorial for you to be able to get the most benefit from these tools in the shortest amount of time. You can also go to your app store and type in the three words Heartland Aramaic Forgiveness. And if you choose to do that, before you're done typing the word forgiveness, you'll see the glowing heart icon. If you tap on the glowing heart icon, it will let you download a completely free and private app. That app contains the Reality Management Worksheet. It contains an abbreviated version of that worksheet process. It contains a copy of the Dragon Klingon game, which is a wonderful way to introduce these tools to even younger audiences. And we help people do all of that soon and often, primarily because it tends to improve the quality of people's lives when they apply these tools in their lives. And secondarily because it also tends to prompt comments, questions, answers, or testimonials. 
And if you have any of those, we'd be grateful if you'd call and share them with us at 563-999-3581. If you call that number and press 1, it'll put the little icon of a hand by your phone number, and I will turn on your microphone and announce you by your area code, and we can have a conversation. We appreciate it when people do that because it makes it far easier for us to live into our intention with this work. Our intention with this work is to be a service. So, if you would, let us know. How can we be of service to you? We had some technical difficulties yesterday in the chat room and then with the switchboard itself, but it did, um, it did manage to record the session, and I was able to edit out the dead air space, and we were able to get back in and finish. So, in yesterday's show, Magda, caller Magda, was um, gracious enough to share with us three worksheets she had done. And um, so that's another lovely resource. It's... um, It's in yesterday's show, so that's you know January fifth, twenty twenty-three, and um, and then we spent the last part of it just reading a, a few, reviewing a few paragraphs from the Way of Mastery Lesson Thirty-Five, and Lesson Thirty-Five from the Way of Mastery is the final lesson, and it is. Um, It's pretty high-level spiritual work. It's about accepting at deeper and deeper levels 100% responsibility for everything you experience and your emotional reactions to what you experience and what you attract to you in your life. One of the the things we were reviewing yesterday was that the challenge for each of us to learn to bless, to gladly accept with gratitude every situation that occurs in our lives. And of course, we know that's a challenge and we know that even mentioning that is going to cause most of us to have a bristling in the mind and the Western mind that judges things as bad or wrong or good or right. and So we invite ourselves to continue to monitor, actively monitor what's going on in our minds and our physical bodies and our emotions as we read through the last few pages of this work and take full responsibility for it and understand none of those responses, reactions, tensions, judgments, negative emotions, etc., none of them are being caused by the reading of the book. So the next section is titled Claiming Sovereign Mastery. And the text reads... Beloved friends, 
in the culmination then of the way of knowing, I ask you, as your equal and as your brother and as your friend eternally, I ask you to claim in this hour complete mastery over your domain. Discover what has not yet been embraced and owned by you. For those things that are, quote, disassociated, dissociated, no A in the middle of that word, or at the beginning of that word. It's not disassociated, it's dissociated. And that's using a psychological language that that which has not been embraced by you imprisons you. There is the doorway to perfect freedom. This is, this is absolutely Buddhist, Zen, deep, deep Hindu word. This is absolutely the core of every deep spiritual tradition. Embrace and own everything that happens. Everything that we don't embrace imprisons us. When we find something that we don't want to embrace, that we bristle at the thought of, what we push away, that we try to grab onto, when it, it, it needs to just flow through us as an experience of life, that is the doorway to perfect freedom right there in front of us. There is the doorway into what looks like the unknown, except that in truth there is no such thing as the unknown. For nothing exists until you call it to yourself. Nothing exists for you until you call it to yourself. In this study, then, called The Way of Knowing, let its culmination be that as this lesson ends and you close the book, let it be the last act you ever do with a mind that says, quote, I'm still trying to get there. I'm still a victim of the world I see, close quotes. When you finish this lesson, let those attitudes be finished entirely. It requires only the willingness to say in each moment, quote, this must be what I've called to myself. Do I wish to continue it or would I choose something else, close quotes. The world would have you the world you have made is only illusion. Nothing that has been constructed must remain unless you desire it. Continue the structures of your life, career, relationship, whatever it is. Recognize that you are doing so out of the sheer delight of wanting the experience. If you prefer, you can let it crumble and start anew. You are free to clear out your bank accounts, give away all of your material possessions, sign over your house to somebody else, give your car keys to somebody, and simply start walking down the road with nothing but the clothing on your back. You are totally free to do that. And out of the power of your desire... You will attract situations that provide a place to sleep, food to eat, new experiences, and new friends. At no time can anyone 
be a victim. Yet, at any time, consciousness is free to perceive itself as having been victimized. That is merely the choice to create a form of experience. We might share with you that victimization is one of the, quote, booby prizes, close quote, chosen pervasively by humanity. It's the victim game. Many are quite committed to seeing how well they can play it out. One could say that the victimization game has affected virtually every mind in the human domain. And yet, you are not a victim. If indeed, tomorrow, your doctor tells you, quote, you have cancer and you have 15 days left to live, I wish you would have come in earlier. I could have given you possibly 45 days, close quotes. Then simply say to yourself, oh, what a rich experience this might be. I have 15 days to go into the death of the body with total consciousness, complete forgiveness, in other words, complete dismantling of my perceptions, and go into it with perfect peace. Wow, what an amazing opportunity I've called to myself. Please understand this. Cancer is not a failure. Indeed, we would behold in much of your so-called New Age movement that there is much judgment, much judgment, much abhorrence of anything that does not look like manifesting wealth, perfectly curved hips, a multitude of loving friends. And let us tell you that is a naive attitude. But the soul's sovereignty is rich beyond measure. Wherever you are, as you hear these words, you are living sovereign mastery right now. You're free to create anew anytime you wish. But understand that the experience you are having, when embraced and loved and accepted totally as being uncaused by anything but your own awareness, when you can delight in that, you are free. You are are free and you've already risen above and gone far beyond the most successful beings that humanity would say are successful do not then be succumbed to the shimmering lights of the world the great tinsel on the tree for all that matters is this quote am i at peace Do I bring love to each moment? Do I accept with great humor that all I have experienced has been by my own design, an interesting game, and perhaps a joke played on myself? Close quotes. It's suggested that you look upon the world and say, quote, there is nothing I need here, but I choose to be here to see who I can love how I can love, and what enjoyment I might create. Close quotes. Peace, then, is always the goal of the spiritual journey. 
that peace that passes all understanding. For if you have listened well to what I have shared with you in this lesson, 95% of it seems like mere gibberish to the world that would say, quote, it cannot be that way, close quotes. Well, it turns out the world is upside down. The world turns upside down when you think these thoughts. The world gets ripped inside out and the world gets made valueless. But it makes you valuable to embrace these observations. It places you in right thinking, at the right hand of the Creator. That is what you were birthed for. This is where you remain. For love waits on your welcome. So I greet you, indeed, beloved friends, as my equal. I greet you as sovereign masters, co-creators, perfect, divine expressions of creativity, ceaselessly creating all that you would choose to experience. I never lament the pain that you experience. I never feel sorry for your suffering. I merely wait in love for the truth of your being and offer assistance to you when you are willing to grow, to heal, to forgive, to expand, and to enlighten your being. Great freedom can come when in the midst of something that you feel to be great suffering, you choose to laugh and say, quote, look at this one. What an amazing script I've written here. I ought to win the Oscar. Who could have done this one better than this? Close quotes. And rest assured, you are speaking to one who had some experience with writing rather interesting scripts of suffering. Beloved friends, look lovingly upon the world you have created. Look with perfect forgiveness now. And a forgiveness in this work means look in a way that dismantles the false perceptions any of them that lead to suffering or judgment or negativity or constriction, contraction, resistance. Look with perfect forgiveness now upon the simplicity of your physical domain. For the life of the body-mind arises and passes away in a few cosmic seconds. You can delight in sensory experience in the cruel beauty of time without ever believing that it should be different than it is. It is merely shadow. It is merely a disguise that you have laid upon a mysterious energy. For you, indeed, have birthed the physical domain itself. You might as well relax and enjoy it. The next section is titled, Behaving as a Master. In each and every one of your days, live and behave as a master lives and behaves. 
when first you realize that you are awake in the physical domain in the morning, choose love, capital L, love. Choose to relax the body-mind into a state of deep prayer and give thanks to your creator. Hold in the mind's eye all of your domain, your relationships, your careers, your physical objects, and say, behold, it's been a lot of fun. And then simply ask, quote, I wonder if there is anything I might like to move forward changing in order to experience greater joy, deeper peace, more certain wisdom, and a more loving relationship. Close quotes. If something comes to your mind, do not blame it, do not judge it, but simply begin to wonder about how you might like to see it changed. Hold that as a desire in the depth of your consciousness. If its energy builds during the course of the day, simply begin to say, say it, write it out, get a picture of it, and hold the desire in your heart. And you will indeed bring it to pass. For you see, manifestation occurs instantaneously in the field of a mind that is no longer conflicted with opposite kinds of thoughts. This is a direct reference to that, let thine eye be single. This is no division in my thoughts, in my desire, in my mind, in my intention. The text goes on and says, so if anything seems to be manifesting slowly for you, first of all, simply may it be that First of all, it simply may be that that is part of your script. That is the journey you are taking. A walk from one village to the next allows a much richer experience than taking a taxi. It may also be because you have some conflicted belief in your mind and therefore in the cells of your body that is not in alignment with what you would wish to desire. For instance, often the human mind will say, I desire a perfect loving relationship. But deep in the quiet of the mind is the thought, quote, except I don't deserve it. I'm unlovable, close quotes. When that has been repressed or dissociated, it will run you and will con conflict or take away from you the power to create or to attract the desire. Therefore, when you desire, look well in and watch with subtle vigilance what contrary thoughts seem to also come up in the mind. Then follow those contrary thoughts so that they may become crystal clear. You may even discover where they began. Feel whatever feelings may be associated with them. And then return to what you desire until you feel all of your being is in perfect alignment with it. For then you begin to create yourself as a resonating station to which those things will be called. 
that will help align with your external world in the physical domain to express the desire you've created. One who, for instance, creates a life of financial independence after 20 or 30 years from one perspective has accomplished a great deal, but from another has taken a very, very long, slow way to get there. Everyone is free to create whatever he or she desires. Everyone is free to do so because they are doing it now. Look well, then, to the feeling and thought coursing through you. Look well to the physical environment in which you find yourself. Look well to the objects that you have surrounded yourself with and simply say, quote, All of these things demonstrate to me what I have chosen to desire, and it is very good, close quotes. That statement of love and acceptance is the doorway to expansion of your mastery. For in truth, as the master awakens to what they've been doing all along, the most natural thing in the world is to create greater joy. The next section is titled, Service is the Greatest Source of Joy. And the text reads, And the highest level of joy is to manifest service to the atonement. That is why perhaps one gives up a job in a corporation to go and start to make movies that can help get a good message out to the world. That is why someone ceases to work on a doctor's office and becomes a messenger for Yeshua. That is why someone drops what they are doing in a corporate career and becomes a minister. Because within them, the soul has said, quote, all right, enough of that experience. I want greater joy. And the pathway to greater joy is to join with like minds that are creating and extending contexts in which other minds can awaken, close quotes. That is why many of them have been attracted to Shanti Cristo, to join together, to use your golden coins, to use your voice, to use your lips, to use your hands, to use your feet, to help participate in the creation of contexts in which the atonement can occur. Service, then, is the natural outflow of a heart filled with the gratitude of grace. Masters are never found struggling to survive in something they do not like. They would frankly rather sit on a street corner asking passerby for a nickel or two to get a cup of coffee. Meanwhile, they are too busy smiling and waving and blessing everyone that walks by because they would rather love than look good in the world. A master has no choice but to serve. But to serve not from duty, but from joy. For the greatest joy can be to extend the good, the holy, and the beautiful. Therefore, when you choose active participation in serving the atonement or the at-one-ment, the awareness that we're all one, that you are a part of the creation just as everyone and everything you interact with is, you will discover that you will indeed be well supported. All of the events that occur are merely opportunities to deepen your capacity for wisdom, 
for peace, and for love. To create within yourself a conduit for the extension of greater love into the world. Not because you must, but because you've chosen to serve. And you've chosen to serve because it is the greatest source of joy. If then you resist service, it must mean that there is some seed thought within you that is in conflict with the desire to serve. For once you have achieved mastery, there is nothing else to do but serve. So indeed, beloved friends, we come then very gently and by way of summation to the culmination of the way of knowing. The truth is, You have been a master all along. You cannot help but be one. For you are constantly creating your experience. You are now free to create differently. How to do that? Do not get up out of your chair and rush about. But why not decide right now to experience happiness, to experience peace, and to experience the knowledge that you are a master. How to do that? By choosing to. Simply decide right now for the next 30 seconds to be happy. And then choose another 30 seconds to be at peace. And then another 30 seconds to simply and quietly look around you and say, quote, Behold, I am indeed the master of my domain, and all of it has been very, very good. Close quotes. Thank the chair you were sitting in for coming into your domain. Thank the vase of flowers on your table. Thank the electricity bill that comes in the mail. Thank all things as blessings that come to you for to fail to do this contracts your power to continue to expand and to create what you enjoy to believe that you are in lack at any time is to create lack in your tomorrows therefore now choose to feel perfect abundance and joy and then behave as one who knows they live in abundance. I am love, you are love. This communication will never cease. Why? Because I have no intention of withdrawing myself from the extending the Christ mind to anyone who will receive it. We are indeed joined in the place of perfect love. Creation is merely a harmless game done for the simple enjoyment of creating. Become then again as a little child, for every master is a little child, delighting from the great mystery in the great mystery and the seeming surprises of discovering the power that can move through them. Always move toward what you enjoy. Always follow your heart. 
Do not follow the reactive ego that says, quote, oh, no, I don't want to go there because that feels uncomfortable, close quotes. Nothing is uncomfortable. It is just another opportunity to have an experience to broaden your capacity to love, to extend love, to feel the essence of love as yourself, to extend the good, the holy, and the beautiful. How can I say that? Try the crucifixion. It was not uncomfortable once I embraced it. This is, by the way, and some of you have done this, this is why human beings can walk on fire and not burn their feet. Why? Because they choose to do so and have a good experience. And everything in them is unconflicted for at least the minute or so it takes to do the fire walk. That gives them a taste of what is possible, always. Use then your time to cultivate the garden of a healed mind. Never believe that you do not hold the power to change the energy you feel in your emotional body, to change the thoughts held within the mind. You are free to birth whatever you so desire. And nothing can serve as a limit to you. You are free. You are home. You are as I am. Peace, then, be unto you always, precious, precious friends. Amen. That is the completion of the way of knowing. Shantichristo.com can get you access to the foundation that was founded in 1994. And their vision is the bringing of heaven to earth. Shantichristo means the peace of the anointed one, an awakened state which empowers you to be all you are created to be so that our world can be blessed by the divine gifts of each and every unique, worthy, and precious individual. Shanti Cristo is that pure and ever-present, perfectly innocent, and completely awakened vibration, which is peace. So we have time for conversation, reaction, questions, feedback, topics wide open. We've reached the end of 35 lessons. It's taken us just a little over a year. Today's show will go on the the same web page as all of the other shows we've done since January 10th of last year on the MindShiftersAcademy.org website on the page labeled Way of Mastery with Commentary. 
And where we go from here is a great mystery. The call-in number is 563-999-3581. And uh, Jeannie, if you're listening, I'll let you know that um, once again, I've been kicked out of the chat room several times, even before you showed up on the switchboard. So uh, there might be glitches. And we have time for conversation. How has it landed with you to read through with commentary slowly, to reread The Way of Mastery? What would you say is the best, the greatest benefit to you in this past year from engaging and listening to this? What's the greatest challenge in what you've heard or what, what we're being invited to do? One of the themes that's come up really heavily for the past couple of months in my therapy clients is the theme of letting go, the theme of holding on to things, the theme of knowing this is bad, this is wrong, this shouldn't be happening. Why isn't life going this way? Why isn't this person I love loving me back? Why isn't this person healthy? Why isn't my financial status better? Why aren't the people running the country doing it the way I think they should? And as we're talking about in our support group and on the radio show yesterday, Pema Children provides another wonderful, soft, gentle, fully Buddhist perspective on how to do that more and more, to, to just be and allow. 610, Susan? Hi, Dr. Tim. Happy New Year. Happy New I Year. guess we can still say that. Almost running out of time here. You well, it must be a Happy thing. New Year because everybody keeps telling it to me. Yeah. <laughs> I think people want it to be. They really want it in the way of mastery for me is we drew our experience to ourselves. And believe me, I'm having a hard time with that. But I have a less hard time with the idea that I have a choice about how I regard what is happening. And I have a choice about, for instance, I took down all the Christmas lights. We really, uh, well, we don't do that much, but we put lights on the bushes and we put two little trees in our front window and um, we have a beautiful crash and I love that season with the, all the houses up and down the streets not all but many of them have beautiful lights and some have some a crash or something like that It's it has built right into it such delicious magical, hopeful um, such energy a, such a positive yeah, thanks, I couldn't find the word 
and today is the day, it's Epiphany Day, and um, I took all the materials down and took them to the basement, and for the first time ever, I loved doing it because of the way of mastery. That's a simple, easy little thing to to use as an example, but I thought, this is exciting, this is a change that I'm welcoming and blessing even. And it made it, I can start there. I can do that much. I love the idea that we have a choice about how to react. The business of, for instance, I seem to have a, even though I had a very mild case of COVID, I seem to have a long COVID, my entire (laughs) upper body and torso are covered with this eczema like rash and it itches like heck especially at night and I just went to a dermatologist and he said well I've seen a lot of this people seem to a lot of people seem to get this after they've had COVID and it'll go away in about six months (laughs) and uh, in most cases but they did do a biopsy and they're going to do some blood work and make sure it isn't something else but I was thinking, okay, I chose this. The hell I chose this. But well, your conscious I'm logical choosing... mind didn't choose it. Right. Your conscious logical <laughs> yeah. mind isn't choosing it. But the yeah. work, but you know, the, the 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 work is to say, look, I'm either gonna think I'm just a big bag of flesh mm-hmm. or I'm gonna wake up to what these deeper spiritual teachings say that there's a lot more going on here than just the physical body. And so if there's a lot more going on here than just the physical body and I'm connected to higher sources and I can get insight and intuition, like think of where did Mozart's music come from? No, oh, I know. Mm. Right? It, that, that didn't come from just sitting down and thinking things out. There's that that scene from Amadeus where Solieri, you know, brings this piece to the this march that he wrote for the king, and the right. king wants to play it, and you know, it's it's painstaking, and he's got the music in front of him, and he's yeah. trying to learn to play it the first time, and Mozart walks in and says, "Oh, it was lovely, and I think it should be a little bit faster. Oh, you want to try and playing it? Sure." And they try to give him the music. He says, "Oh no, I don't need that," and he plays and embellishes and it flows and it. That's not a conscious, logical mind doing that. Mm. There was a story a few years back of a 13 or 15-year-old young man who was composing two and three symphonies at a time because they were just flowing yeah. into his head. He was hearing them. Wow. If that kind of thing exists, if there is a realm outside of our conscious, logical mind, it's from that perspective that we a higher version of us chooses the things that our conscious logical mind says we don't like and does it for good reason. It's like the parent who takes the three-year-old to get a haircut and, 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 and the three-year-old doesn't want the haircut or, you know, sits the five-year-old down after the bath and says, we need to cut your toenails. And the five-year-old is terrified. I hate this. I don't want to do this, but there's this, it's okay. 
right? It, this is for a reason you can't understand right now. This is for your own good. This is what, do you want to be happy? Do you want to be able to run and play with your friends? Do you, yes. Do you want to be sick? No. Okay, then we need to clean the body and trim the nails. And So that, that five-year-old that only wants what it wants can't comprehend that these other things are in its best interest. Well, imagine that there is a, a connection within your conscious logical mind, within this energy system, and within the field of emotions that flows through you. There's a connection to something that's far more expansive than anything what Michael Rice would call the nine-bit mind can even comprehend. And that's what we're being called to say, okay, I chose this. It does go beyond words. We can't really make sense of it in just our language with our nine-bit mind. And yet, we can experience a shift in our energy field instantaneously, like it recommended in this last lesson. Take 30 seconds and just sit where you are and, and generate happiness. Take 30 seconds sitting right where you are and generate peace. Most of us have realized at this point in time, if you're still listening to the way of mastery, most of us have realized that can happen. Most of us who've been listening to the Way of Mastery on Mind Shifters Radio know about that worksheet process and know I can go from an upset level of, you know, Magda was giving examples of worksheets yesterday where she was at an 8 and 9 and 10 upset and went down to a 2 or a 0 mm-hmm. at the end of a worksheet process. If all there is is the conscious logical mind, that can't happen. Because the conscious logical mind begins by telling us, I'm only upset because in the case of the situation that Magda was presenting, because these people in this car repair facility have different political beliefs than I do. And if that were the truth, she could not be calm or at peace unless she was able to change their political beliefs. Mm. So there are indications built into the worksheet process and built into these experiences and exercises that the Way of Mastery would have us do. There are indications that there's a lot more going on here than what our conscious logical mind would have us believe. And so the conscious logical mind says, well, like hell, I wanted this car accident or this you know, skin rash after COVID. Or, or <laughs> Yeah. Now I can see the connection. It's and you you took you took the ultimate example of Mozart, and I thought, wait a minute, that's I know about that, but I couldn't make the connection. But I'm beginning to get there, especially when you use the worksheet to show us that we can even invoke that. Oh. 
we're doing it all the time. That's what the core of the way of mastery is trying to bring us to, is we are constantly, we have always been creating our experience of life. It's the one thing we can't ever get out of or turn off. Your mm-hmm. thoughts. James Allen it wrote seems, the book, As a Man Thinketh. Yeah. Go ahead. Oh, it, it, it just seems, seems what? so, it still seems involuntary. I'm trying to get a hold of the part, connect with the part that's doing the creating because it does seem as if it's just happening. Right, but it, it, it happens because it happens so quickly and then we draw this cause and effect relationship between any two or more things that happen in close proximity to each other. But that doesn't mean there's a cause and effect relationship there. I think I've told the story before about how I was raised by this very loving, gentle man and when he was dealing with other people, he had extensive patience and kindness. And and I think for the whole first maybe 18, 20 years of my life, the only time I ever heard my father swear was when an inanimate object wasn't performing properly. Right? So <laughs> yeah. the, 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 the bolt would get stripped on the tractor or or you know his knuckles would get scraped working on changing the oil in the car or something and and it would be god damn it and and you, his whole body would tense yeah and this this was a relationship i had with this man that was just very safe and loving so i was with him i was mm-hmm. in his energy field and it got programmed into me that this is the appropriate response when inanimate objects don't behave the way we want them to. <laughs> right. I know about that. I went out in, in um, years in, in my early 20s. I was out in Northern California, and I ran across uh, a gentleman out there. And this guy, he swore he went to brothels. His dad took him to a brothel when he was 16 for his birthday he smoked, he drank, he smoked dope, he sweared and screamed at people, but he would never get angry at his car. Never. And I had purchased a used car, and I was going over to his house because he had some tools, and I was going to change the oil and do this and that, and I didn't have that capacity at my house. And the people that sold me the car didn't tell me that the hood latch was broken. And, and I was doing all of this to get the car ready to go for a weekend trip that included other people, and they were counting on me to drive them, et cetera. And as I pulled out of the, the parking lot where I purchased the oil and the oil filter and whatever I needed and headed down the road, the hood sprung up mm. and, bent, and bent itself so it couldn't be closed. So I limped, you know, head sticking out the window, driving cautiously to his house and got there and got his, you know, we have to take this the hood apart and we have to bend this metal and we've got to get it back. And, and after about the 16th or 17th knuckle scraping or whatever, I stood up and threw the wrench at the engine and swore. And, like I said, this guy's no novice to swearing. He, he, he could teach me volumes about swearing and about angry at people. He looked at me like I was a monster and dangerous. He literally physically backed away from me. 
<laughs> I have no idea what was going through his mind. I have no idea what was going through his mind. But from that point on, our relationship was never the same. He thought I was I was some kind of wacko. Why would you get angry at the car? Right. Well, I had been so programmed to that that mm-hmm. when I first started getting into you know involved in this work the last. Um, We'll call it 18, 19, 20 years now that I've been, you know, it's like 18 years for the one support group. But I, I got exposed to the uh, Michael's work a little bit before that. And the, the rigor, the rigorous observation that I create my own emotions, and I started to work and apply that, and I realized, wait a minute, maybe I can undo this. Maybe I don't have to smash every printer that doesn't print just the way I want it to, and then have to go buy a new printer, right? And so maybe at the earliest warning signs of upset, I can choose to take a breath and turn the focus inside and ask myself how I'm creating this emotion. And I worked on that. And I, my life, as I tell people, that process has transformed my life so that I spend the tiniest fraction of time in my life in the negative emotions today. And then... About five years ago, I was with my brother, and my brother is known for his anger. And we were coming out of a restaurant, and something happened, and he went, and he just kind of erupted in anger. And I just took a breath, and I said, you know, Tom, uh, he, he said something like, I just can't help it. That just makes me so angry. And I said, well, you know, Tom, that's not really true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, watch out. <laughs> Well, I mean, it, 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 it got in, right? It, 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 it just hit him at just the right time. I've been sharing this stuff with him for years, but it got in. There was Great. something about his awareness in that moment, and since then he's been working at lessening his pre-programmed auto-response. I don't have a choice but to get angry at this. Mm-hmm. And yet he's got, you know, almost 70 years of conditioning at that time it was probably about 65 years of conditioning to the opposite so he's going to have to clean out a lot of old files as michael rice would say he's going to have to go in and you know disconnect these files that fire together wire together process over and over again he's mm-hmm. got to be willing to mm-hmm. do it persistently and consistently until yep. He slows the momentum of the belief that he is a victim of these circumstances and they cause his emotion, and he builds a momentum of, I'm creating my own experience and I have a choice here. You will get there, Susan, if you if you persist. Oh, I do. And the inanimate object thing is a, is a great example because I have had... I've grown up with getting mad at cabinet doors that open just as I'm about to stand up, bang me in the head, and it's their fault, and I let them have it. I've ruined pieces <laughs> of furniture, put holes in walls. You know, I've done the whole thing. I understand. <laughs> now I, I, the flash still comes. If I, if I bump my head or something, the flash is there inviting that response but i immediately know that 
it's like the story of the woman who was driving and she said, I was just going on. I wasn't going that fast. And this tree just jumped right out in front of me. <laughs> Literally. Yep. Yep. Um, to blame the thing for being stupid or even or or malicious toward. Most so of us have I been really taught to do that. Yeah. No, that's a that's a great example, and it's a very funny story. That and I meant to say something about worksheet you did that had to do with your. Uh, it wasn't a worksheet right away, but when you came home from college in such a bad way and went out in the yard and your dad was cutting roses and roses, you couldn't yeah. get through to him. What a story that is. And how I kept thinking how he, I know we're veering off the subject, but how he handled what you told us was a bipolar situation, how he he didn't just act in the way that I've always thought of bipolar as extreme this way or that way. He just was not there for you. And it took your mother to explain it. And what an amazing thing in, to have a father who's so loving and so wonderful and yet have that diagnosis, which means there were probably tons and tons of examples where he wasn't in the best of way. And maybe he covered it over and overcame it as best he could, but such an interesting factor about a childhood to have that. So anyway, my, I got off the subject, but and now I don't know what to say. But Well, and I, it, the I'll lesson, just say it. Yeah. Go ahead, the what? Yeah, speak. No, go ahead, say. The, uh, the impact on me would have been dramatically different if it was if I was actually a child right because yeah. I was 21 and a half years old when it happened mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so and and that's not all that there was it's just that that was my first indication that something wasn't right he had a lot more of the stereotypical signs and symptoms and patterns of a full-blown manic episode, and there was quite an ordeal after that. But the thing that was relevant for that worksheet was that I was looking to another adult in my life four or five years ago to be a shining light, a leader, a guide, and he bombed out. And Mm -hmm. my mind was telling me, Tim, you have this sick feeling in your stomach and you're completely upset because this person is doing this and that and they're not being what you want them to be. And when I did enough worksheets and I pushed past, you know, my denial and fear and whatever else, my mind eventually let me see, oh, Tim, here's this stuff from back when you were 21 that you don't want to look at but yeah. still not quite resolved and that's what's causing the sick feeling in your stomach and it's not what's going on today as mm-hmm. it never is I'm, of course in miracles lets us know I'm never upset for the reason I think I am yeah well so thank you for that we're out of time um, as always great to hear you chime in on the call and I will mute you and 
look forward to uh, the coming year as we do more worksheets and see what happens as the show unfolds. Blessings. Dr. Tim, are you going to yes? read that last chapter of The Way of Mastery again, or is that it? I, well, I don't know. We'll we'll see. We'll, we'll see what people are okay. interested in. And All right. Blessings. I'd love to hear it again. Yeah, thanks. So I'll remind us all that we come from love. We're made of the stuff we call love. We actually are love. And I'll welcome Jeannie Rice. Thank you, Dr. Tim. I hope you have a good weekend. Same, same to you. Did you hear me say that the chat room I has did. been glitched? And, and yeah, the so. switchboard, actually, when I unmuted my microphone, sat there and spun for a long time, and I thought, oh, no, it's not going to let me in. <laughs> but yeah, I'm so here. It, it, Whatever's happened, it's kicked me off four or five times during the show, out of the chat room. Oh, no. Okay. All right. Have a great show. Thank you. Okay, thanks. So welcome, everybody, to the second hour of MindShifters Radio. And today is Friday, January the 6th, 2023. And our call-in number is 563-999-3581. And press 1. And that puts you in the queue to talk to us. And we'd love to hear your comments and questions because that makes this your show. While I'm waiting for Michael to get dialed in, I'll just say uh, when I opened up the panel where I take notes on our website, all of my notes from yesterday are gone. I have no idea. So I put in there, ARG, Jeannie's going to do wake-up sheets on this one. (laughs) So I don't know. Um, I do know one thing that we talked about yesterday, and um, um, Michael had to dial in apparently as a regular caller, so I've turned his microphone on. Yeah, Dr. Tim said it's acting glitchy a little bit today, and uh, but weird. Anyway, yeah, I don't know. Um, so we had Michael and I did a podcast this morning with. TAO Living with Dr. Lou Corletto. And I just noticed that, and this kind of goes in with, Susan, what you were talking about with Dr. Tim about um, how you draw things to yourself and I didn't ask for this and so forth. Well, his tagline on his uh, podcast site is, where you will be supported to remember that you are the driver and not the vehicle so you can walk through your life in trust. And it also reminded me, and I've, I've mentioned it many times, you know, the story of Peter uh, stepping out of the boat and walking on water towards Yeshua. The storm didn't stop. The storm didn't change. It was still going on. But it was where Peter's focus was and his uh, mental and spiritual awareness of where he was in the midst of the storm that allowed him to walk on water when he started looking at the circumstance then he sank and so it's yeah we may say you know I didn't ask for this to happen to me but somehow we did participate in it we may not be responsible for what happened but we are responsible for drawing it into our space whatever it is and it's our option how we want to look at it whether we want to walk on top of the water or whether we want to sink and Michael I'll introduce you first and then we'll go from there Thank you, dear heart, oh, and, that, and welcome, everybody. That podcast will be on our website once uh, he gets it edited and, and set up. Yeah, he said probably a week or so, but it was a really good interview. It went really well. It was a nice – he's a chiropractor. He actually went to the chiropractic college that I taught at 
40 years ago, and uh, so we have a lot of things in common with our thinking. So there was some enhancements that came from both sides. He had some really great ideas that tapped into what we're doing, and so it's a sweet, sweet interview. Maybe one of the best that we've done, just the way it got to be so concise. But, um, you know, Yeshua says to us, and, and he's very conscious, I believe, when he says this. He says, take care of the heart, for out of it are the issues in life. And our modern equivalent for that word would be the unconscious. Take care of the unconscious. You know, people say, I didn't ask for this. But the asker is not in the conscious mind. <laughs> the asker is in the unconscious. If you've got a thousand generations behind you of unresolved trauma in a particular arena, then you have an energetic pattern for that, whatever that experience is. And you then become a magnetic field, literally gravity, energetically pulling that experience to you. That's why he said, take care of the heart. You've got to look where the asker is. And if a thousand generations, you know, the average person who tells you about what it is they hate in their lives tells you how, well, I don't want this and I don't want this and I don't want this. And by focusing on all the things they didn't want, remember, focusing is a creative act. Yeshua says, here's how it works. Let thine eye be single and thy body will be filled with light. Now, the physicists are telling us that matter is light energy, solidified, reduced in its rate of vibration, Einstein says, so as to become perceptible to the senses. Singular focus on a frequency. So you listen to the person who's been abused, and I'm never going to get in relationship with another person who abused me, and those abusers are terrible, and, and you listen to all the energy they've got around abuse, and they are a magnetic field. They are literally gravity that will draw abuse to them. It's just the way the creative process works. So, yes, it was so clear 2,000 years ago. It's the unconscious. And most people function out of the unconscious. Another code word for that unconscious mind in the ancient teachings was the desert. You remember there was a group of people who spent 40 years ostensibly in a 35-square-mile area lost, which is pretty silly when you realize that that group of people knew how astronomy worked very well, and if they wanted to get out of a 35-square-mile area, they'd have gotten up in the morning, and they'd watch the rising sun, and they'd watch the direction it was going, and if they wanted to go west, they'd have gone, and, you know, by sunrise, they'd be a long way around, or along in getting out of that 35-square-mile area. So it wasn't talking about a hot, sandy place. The desert is the unconscious. And you remember they said in order to move from the desert, the place of unconscious co-creation. Why is this happening? I don't know. I never asked for this. To recognizing your askers in your heart. And if there are unresolved generational energies, the longer they've been going on, the more amplitude energetically they have, the faster your gravitational field is going to pull somebody in to do it to you again. And when they do it to you again, you'll do one of two things. You'll live in the world that the world has trained you to live in, denial. And what's that going to look like? You hurt me. You made me mad. You say, made me sad. That really upset me. They disturbed me. When I live in that world, that's called the world of denial. When I think or speak as though something outside of me is the cause of what's moving inside of me, 
then I hide what's moving inside of me. I just created an unconscious condition in myself. Most people spend about 40 years there, 40 years in the desert. What had happened for that group of people to get out of the desert? It said the old generation had to die off. That didn't mean everybody in old physical bodies had to physically die. The root of the word generation is denarii. It means cause. The causes held in mind from unresolved generational dynamics creates a gravitational field that no matter where you were, if, if, if there is only one person on planet Earth and that person is in the middle of, you know, the most remote parts of the Himalaya Mountains right now, you have an appointment with them and you are going to find your way to each other if that's the only person that can deliver to you what you have a gravitational field for. Somewhere, some way, it'll seem totally haphazard, totally by accident. I don't know where that came from. But you guys are working toward connecting with each other. And if you denial and you tell them how they've done to you what's paining you inside, then you'll dissociate at another level, create another deeper layer of unconsciousness. Or the other reaction is, the other response can be, a an action can be, oh, I've been through this traumatic energy 87 different times with 42 different people. My mind has been telling me forever that it's caused from outside of me, but I'm starting to think that maybe, seeing as how I was there every time, maybe it's got something to do with me. Maybe I'm involved in my life. And yes, the keys for how to open the unconscious mind, how to get to the hidden part of the mind that keeps playing out over and over and over again in your life. It was interesting with Dr. Corletto this morning. I'd watched one of his videos on his site when he invited us to do his podcast, and he was describing some traumas that he'd been through, some physical accident, quote-unquote accidents, and that his life really shifted when he decided to take responsibility for those things. And one of the things that he asked in the, uh, or mentioned in it was that he was asking himself the question, why is this happening to me again? The only things that can come to you are the things that you give permission, and you give permission by asking. And again, your asker is in your unconscious. So this master showed us exactly how to open the veil of the temple, the barrier between the subconscious and the unconscious, how to access what underlies it and how to remove it. And removal of that stuff is called forgiveness. So that's what we're here to understand and make available. Come out of the desert, the unconscious, and into the light. So glad you're here. And uh, Miss Susan, do you have any other thoughts for us? I didn't hear your conversation with Tim. I just heard Jeannie's allusion to uh, what you were talking about with him. Oh, hi, guys. Well, first of all, we missed you yesterday. Everything I was thinking everything might not be okay, but you just needed to drop out for a while, right? And not do the show. All things are rock and roll, but we, we had a an event that we needed to participate in with family yesterday. So. Oh, okay. It was yes, actually day well. before yesterday. Yeah. Oh, I guess it was, it was the okay. day before yesterday, right? Yes. Yeah. Time flies when you're having fun. Oh. oh, good. Okay. Right. Good. Yeah, I was, well, Dr. Tim finished reading The Way of Mastery, and it's a very, it's a beautiful, I'd like to hear it again. Uh, and I have it in front of me, too. I mean, I can follow right along, but. Um, 
And you've got the recording, so you can listen to it as often as you want. Right, Right. that's true. The idea that we draw things to ourselves, that we are creators of our lives and everything that happens in them, I, I can get that intellectually, but I don't feel it yet. But what I do feel, right. and it's been extremely helpful, is that once whatever is happening is here, my attitude toward it is something I feel I have a say in. I don't feel I have a say in the other stuff yet. And I don't know whether we get to have a say in it in a conscious, logical way. But that was sort of what we were talking about. I've got these, I told right. you, I think I've got hives all over my torso. And I went to see the dermatologist, and he said he's seen a lot of this in people who have had COVID. And I did have a very mild case of COVID, and now I have this. And he said, uh, it'll go away in about six months, which is good news. Oh, thanks. I thought I, <laughs> yeah, I thought I might have some. You know, when you're as old as I am, I think, well, maybe this is what I'm going to check out with. So I was thinking, well, is this this my exit uh, routine? (laughs) You know, Um, and I drew this to myself. So I don't know. I have no way of handling that. I don't know how to incorporate that fact into my life but i do feel as if the worksheets and and i've done quite a number of them on having hives and other things this week and they've been helpful and i've just developed the feeling that i'm going to be curious and and even bless the hives (laughs) there you go i know that sounds crazy (laughs) no it doesn't sound the least bit crazy Uh, anyway, so that's what we were talking about, how that other, the two two sides of that coin, we draw it to ourselves, and then we have a choice about how we actually react, respond, and carry on. I, right. I can do one side of the coin, but not the other. And if you have some advice about that, and I'd love it. Well, let me start. introduce you to this amazing tool that we have. It's called a reality management worksheet. Oh, I, I know about that worksheet. <laughs> and what it does is it puts you into deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper touch with your own unconscious dynamics. I just I, I just had a conversation with a, a minister a few minutes before the show who was texting me and asked me if they could talk to me about forgiveness a little bit because they were going to do a, a sermon and wanted to uh, to have some more understanding of it. And uh, and so we, we had our conversation about that. And uh, she dropped me a, a text that I just answered. And based on our conversation, she's like, well, I remember years ago somebody said something about people who are in mental institutions and X number of them, some large percentage, just need forgiveness. And asked me if I had heard of that research and what the number was. I said, well, no, but I haven't heard of the research, but the number is 100%. Because if there's any sort of anomaly in our physiology, our psychology, Mm -hmm. our genetics, our family systems, our finances, our businesses, our neighborhoods, our communities, 
our country, our world, there is only one thing that can cause that. Only one. And that is an energy locked into the system that doesn't belong in the system. And there's only one consistent, persistent way that I know of to access and remove that energy. It's called a worksheet. Now, around any given issue, I might do, as Yeshua said, 77 times 70 worksheets before I finally am, one, vital enough, or two, willing to open and breathe deeply enough to access that which is hidden in me. And when I do, then that's going to be removed. And so, you know, that's what we're here to, to cover up. The, the question, is, it kind of, you know, ties in. The question that this minister was asking me, they'd sent me a quote from the book of Micah, 7 and 8 in Micah. And the quote goes, Who is a God like unto thee that pardoneth iniquity and passeth by transgression of the remnant of his heritage? Generational patterns. He retaineth, the creator, he retaineth not his anger forever because he delighteth in mercy. He will turn again. He will have compassion upon us. He will subdue our iniquities and thou will cast all their sins into the depths of the sea. And she was trying to tie that together with forgiveness because she thought that this was talking about forgiveness. Because after all, it said pardon. But actually, pardoning, as we know, is a totally different act from forgiveness. It's interesting the, the misinterpretation that's happened in the world around this whole idea of forgiveness, especially as it relates to pardoning. It would be accurate to say the Creator might, or you or I might pardon a person because they do something crazy. It's like, why would I hold anything about what you did in me? It just doesn't make any sense. So I can let you off the hook. I can, you know, whatever you do, it's up to you. It's only going to impact you. It's not going to impact me. So the creator is like speaking here, specifically talking about pardoning those energetic patterns that we do that are off, off the path. And he's just going to like pass over, just let totally loose, like, has no involvement, no concern. We hear people, or I've seen people with, with bumper stickers in their cars that say, I've been forgiven. Nobody has ever been forgiven and will never be forgiven. And we cannot forgive anybody and nobody can ever forgive us. And God is never going to forgive anybody for anything because forgiveness has nothing to do with this idea of pardoning, of letting people off the hook. Forgiveness is the act of going inside of oneself and setting the stage for the energetic pattern that's creating the disorder to be removed. And it doesn't matter what the expression, it doesn't matter what the symptoms of it are. Now, I might do 77 times 70 worksheets before I get to the state of willingness where I'm really, truly ready to have this, whatever it is, removed from me. And you've heard that line before, you know, God who taketh away the sins of the world. God does not forgive sins, but if we've, out of our own volition and free will, chosen to engage in energy that's destructive to us, 
The Creator's never going to take that away from us because we've got free will. It's like it would be a violation. However, if I'm willing to do my part in the process of having it removed, I mean, if I've got something that, let's say, goes back 30 generations, great, 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 you know, grandparent who went through this terrible thing and now it's expressing in my physiology, do I know how to go in and remove that? I don't have a clue. The creator's not ever going to hold anything like that against us. And if I do my part in the forgiveness process, and that's what the forgiveness, the, the reality management worksheet's about, then the creator's compassion, the second paragraph of this quote from Micah, the creator's compassion shows up, reflects on us, and it says we'll subdue our inequities and cast their sins, remember sin being off the mark, into the depths of the sea. In other words, remove the energy. It's going to drop into the – it's like it's no longer going to be active or present in us. And it's a really profound couple of paragraphs about forgiveness when you recognize that pardoning and forgiveness are two different things. You're both covered here. So – Next worksheet, next worksheet. And, you know, I, I know that over the years I've I've had to develop much patience because of, you know, for instance, symptoms in my own physiology. You know, I lived with back pain for, hmm, until about 10 years ago. Well, maybe it's a little more than that. Jeannie, 15 years ago maybe we did that orthobounding class at Heartland. And that's something I've worked on and worked on and worked on and worked on for decades. Hmm. And... Finally, oh, it's gone. I haven't had back pain in, I don't know, 15 years or more. So, I mean, it it went from where it was literally disabling to where I could do anything, you know, over the years, but it was still always there. And then when my field was ready and the support was there, and it was Jeannie who supported me to open that, bingo, it's gone, that's all. So I don't know when any given thing is going to open for you or I or anybody that's doing the work. I just know that when the energetic dynamics are right and I'm ready and I'm willing, the energy will will be lifted. The only thing that remains to be done is me giving permission for it to be lifted because it is my or my generational will that's brought it into my field. Go ahead. You're doing it. You're making the connection. I feel as if I'm walking backwards and backwards Mm -hmm. in time. You're... What you have to do. So basic to the work, but you have helped me connect the idea that we create by... We made an agreement somewhere way back when we we don't remember it we can find our way there, maybe not literally, like it wasn't Aunt Frances who did this um, in 1842, but if we do the work, something gets open, but it isn't, you said this, and so I'm just repeating, but it's not the conscious, logical mind that can find the way there. You trust a process, exactly. you ask to be shown, and but you find the point where you created it. Exactly. Holy cool, that's so cool. 
and creating the space for the opening to occur for it to be lifted. And, and as that passage in Mike says, cast into the sea, you know, it's it's like it's gone. It's 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 no longer part of your structure. <laughs> yeah. It's it's yeah. exited. But as long well, as that energy is there, and when you realize how massive the genetic database is, and that it includes the whole history of your bloodline, yeah, it's a fairly complicated, well, it's something we'll never figure out, but mm-hmm. whatever it is, it can be forgiven. The connecting, there's a connection that's made that's beyond our direct control, but it's accessible through the wake-up sheet and the willingness. Exactly. Precisely. And when I think about, and it's the only way I know of that can consistently, persistently take us there. You know, as I said, I think I was talking about it yesterday with Dr. Tim and talked about, you know, how he can hand this and anybody can produce the result where these great and wonderful psychologists can tell you all they can tell you about what they did to produce this magical or miraculous result. But nobody else can can do the miraculous result because that's the only person who's got that capability. But this one is one that anybody can use, hand it to them, and they'll produce the same results as, you know, the top experts and, uh, and other people at the bottom of the barrel. Yeah. I've been, I've been using the word itch because these hives are so itchy. I've been thinking, I have been itching to do X, Y, and Z. I've been itchy about this. I've been itchy about that. No wonder I'm itching, but I haven't found (laughs) Any, uh, you know, uh, I, I haven't found my way to the source of it at all. But, you know, if if you tell a person you've chosen this, they're going to just punch you in the nose. Uh, you uh, <laughs> cancel <a> that thought. <laughs> cancel the thought. Yeah. Well, you're far away. But um, that's good. That's good. I've never known how to connect the two wagons. I can I can certainly even end up feeling better after doing a worksheet, but I don't know why something lets up. But that isn't deep enough, obviously, is it? I mean, there's some more work to be done. I've just been given a little a gumdrop or something on the way to finding well, a resolution. You know, a good a good self inquiry at this stage with this that's going on might be to ask yourself the question, is there anything that in my life that I haven't or I'm not dealing with that gets under my skin? Or anything that irritates me? There's your work. There's where you take your next worksheet. And when you give... When you open the veil, you know, that energy that's toxic, fortunately you have an immune system and you have a uh, a detox system, and so it's using the uh, the best eliminative organ for your condition that it can use right now, and that's your skin. But when mm-hmm. you open the veil of your temple and create an exit point for that energy to be transmuted and, as that passage in Micah said, cast into the sea, directly removed from you, when the veil of your temple opens, then that energy will be exposed to active love. It will process and disappear from your structure. 
And that's where the mm-hmm. forgiveness occurs. Right now, your structure, you know, think it, it's doing the best it can. It's using the best, you know, the largest eliminative organ in the body is the skin. And it's using that to eliminate whatever that toxic energy is about. And, you know, it may be about nothing whatsoever in your world or in your external life. It may be that you hit a new vitality level and some old, perhaps even ancient energy is now processing out of your structure. And this is the best way that your eliminated channels can open to let that energy move. Wouldn't that and be nice? So, yeah. So breathe into that and be with that and and ask, you know, ask your skin, what are you doing? What's going on here? And get, you know, get really quiet and listen. Jeannie, Jeannie has an interesting story that she's going to share with us. She, she uh, fact-checked me yesterday. I gave a quote uh, from um, George Washington Carver, and the quote was actually really spoken by Booker a different person. It was Booker T. Washington. It wasn't from, from George Washington Carver, although the two are related, and she actually has a, a cool story to share with it. But... Um, when you we juxtaposition things that don't belong together, sometimes things get confusing. And I had these two who are related in my mind, and I switched the quote, quote from from a Booker T to um, to George. So, Jeannie, why don't you share that? It's kind of a cool story, and and the the upshot of it in context of this conversation is George Washington Carver was able to listen. Mm. So go for it, Jean. Thank you for fact-checking me on that and catching that because it opens a whole really sweet piece of the puzzle. Yeah, it does. Um, There's actually three people that are involved. When I started looking up the quote and I saw that it was um, uh, Booker T, uh, and and it gets confusing because you've got two Washingtons there. But um, there was first a gentleman who was a born in Maui to missionary parents in 1839. He was white, but um, he, when he became an American soldier, he led the um, African-American soldier units. And then later he became an educator, and he um, is best known as an educator, founding and becoming the first principal of the normal school, whatever that means, for African-Americans and later Native American pupils in Virginia. And that became Hampton University. A normal school? I think a normal normal school at that point, if you remember in slavery, uh, African-Americans were not, or slaves, I mean, it doesn't matter whether it was Irish or whoever it was, were not allowed to learn to read or write. So there was no schooling. So after the Civil War, things opened up and they created schools that were somewhat akin to what whites had already already had. So I think that's where the normal school idea comes from. Oh, okay. And he actually created the Hampton University Museum, too. He's the founder of it, which is the oldest African-American museum in the country and the oldest museum in Virginia. So here's a white man that has done all of this. And it says his best student was Booker T. Washington. And if you read the whole story, apparently um, Booker T., he was uh, born in slavery. And after the emancipation, that 
his family moved from Virginia to West Virginia. West Virginia had seceded from uh, the state, and so it was separate. And as a young man, he worked his way through the Hampton Institute, which at that time was historically a, a black college. And then he attended a seminary, and then he came back to the college to be invited by Samuel Armstrong to be on the staff. And the way these two men, what, how they saw each other was fabulous. Um, Washington describes Armstrong as the most perfect specimen of man, physically, mentally, and spiritually, the most Christ-like. And, mm. um, yeah, <laughs> and then <laughs> um, he wrote a book called Up From Slavery, and he states in that book that the greatest impression on him at, I'm trying to read this, and it's small, at Hampton was General Samuel Armstrong. He was the noblest, rarest human being that he ever had the privilege to meet. He said, one might have removed from Hampton all of the buildings, all the classrooms, all the teachers, and all the industries, and given the men and women there the opportunity of coming into daily contact with Armstrong, that would have been enough of an education. Mm. And then he went on to say, and this is the quote that Michael used, it's, uh, it is now long ago that I learned this lesson from Samuel Armstrong and resolved that I would permit no man, no matter what his color, no matter what his color might be, to narrow and degrade my soul by making me hate him. Oh, lovely. Breathing with his reading. <laughs> To take it a step further, there was George Washington Carver, who was also an enslaved person. Um, he was born an enslaved person. And um, he also then met uh, Booker T. Washington, and he went to the university, and they really, I mean, um, it was almost like uh, – a competition almost between the two of them, which one could uh, create the most. But then this was uh, Carver, George Washington Carver. During one of his lectures, he described the conversation with God that got him started studying the peanut. He said, I ask, dear creator, please tell me what the universe was made for. And the creator answered, you want to know too much for that little mind of yours. Ask something more your size. So then I asked, dear creator, tell me what man was made for. And again, the great creator replied, little man, you still ask too much. Cut down the extent of your request and improve your intent. So then I asked, please, Mr. Creator, will you tell me why the peanut was made? That's better. But even then, that's infinite. What do you want to know about the peanut? Mr. Creator, can I make milk out of the peanut? The creator says, what kind of milk do you want? Good Jersey milk or just plain boarding house milk? And then <laughs> the great creator <laughs> taught me how to take the peanut apart and put it back together. And Carver revolutionized the economy, uh, the agricultural economy, by showing that there were over 300 products that could be derived from the peanut. Oh. And 
Um, there are reports that say, you know, it includes all the food products, you know, uh, chili sauce, caramel sauce, peanut sausage, mayonnaise, coffee. I mean, so many things that he made just from the peanut. And then he also created shampoos and shaving creams and hand lotions, insecticides, and it goes on. The list just goes on and on. And it said um, he had the peanut industry had become $200 million industry and chief product of Alabama in 1938. He held three patents. However, he never patented most of his discoveries because he said, God gave it to me. How can I sell it to someone else? Oh. That's gorgeous. So the, the I just think it would be an awesome film. <laughs> Oh, yeah, but the impact that each of these men would, had on each other's lives is amazing. Mm-hmm. And literally, Carver spawned out of that question the whole peanut industry, which, you know, at that time he was in Alabama, but, I mean, just absolutely huge. And 200 million in 1938 would be like probably 20 billion today. Yeah. So it's um, really something. So uh, to me, yeah, the... Piece of that one is that we need to train ourselves to listen and to do that. Yeah, I was just going to say that he finishes um, that with saying it's an excellent model for how to listen when God speaks. Mm -hmm. And who was it that said we have to get our bloated nothingness out of the way? (laughs) There it is. I love it. How do you do that? Forgiveness. Collapse that chatterbox called the mind. Cultivate your relationship with love, the truth of who you are, and everything will be handed to us. And what's handed to us, because what's often inside of us isn't Dr. Feelgood, what's handed to us isn't always going to be Dr. Feelgood. But, wow, what an opportunity. And while it was Booker T that said that he would not permit uh, another man to narrow and degrade his soul by making him hate him. Uh, Carver gave his students eight things. He said these were eight cardinal rules. Be clean both inside and out. Neither look up to the rich or down to the poor. Lose if need be without squealing and win without bragging. Always be considerate of women, children, and older people. Be too brave to lie. Be too generous to cheat. Take your share of the world, but let others take theirs. Great stuff. (sighs) Be too brave to lie. Wow. That's an amazing one. And we do have another hand up. Pretty awesome. Good. Pretty awesome. All right, well, let's say hello. Let's bring our other caller into the into the conversation. All right, it's Celinda. Welcome. Hello, hey there, young lady. Celinda. Welcome.
you Hello, can't Selena. hear me because I, my button, my button just ab- accidentally picked my finger. No, no. Okay. The old mute so, button challenge. I understand that one. Yes. <laughs> so how are you? That button just jumped right out on my finger. Um, anyway, I am good, and I have a couple of thoughts about what that wonderful conversation you just had with Susan and um, Jeannie. Um, Jeannie, by the way, will you put those links about um, T. Washington, what's his name? T. Booker Washington. and Booker T. Washington. Booker T. Washington and and George Washington Carver or whatever their names are, because that's fascinating, especially wrapping it up with uh, George Washington Carver's eight eight principles that he gave. Um, That's sweet. Uh, When you said about Micah, where it says, I will cast your sins into the sea, um, on the first line, on the first line of my poem, I wrote my little Arama- uh, Aramaic gospel in a nutshell poem um, for me. Uh, Blessings, dear one, in whom I am, wave of one sea, a hologram. That um, that thing, the sins into that sea, reminded me of. That one sea we all are, my impression is that's the energy of our being. And that when life comes in and we are willing to let go of our quote-unquote sins, that um, coalesced energy we hold within us, uh, informed energy that doesn't belong there, then life, which is neutral, can go in and transform or transmute, as you called it, that energy into something holy, good, and beautiful. And so I just wanted to share that. Cool. All right. Well, any other thoughts for you? Uh, Not at the moment, but just keep on keeping on because it's all growing brain cells in me. It's what it takes, isn't it? It's an awesome yeah. process when you understand that that's, the, that's what it takes. I, I love it when people hang around the work long enough to realize that that's where the solution lies. Uh, I often watch people who touch into the work and they get really excited and they'll do two works and go, oh, well, I got it now, bye. And I don't hear from again until the next level of trauma comes up. So it's nice when people hang around and use it and, and, and really start to develop that uh, that whole comprehension and process for themselves. It's pretty one, awesome. One. And, and to realize that the only real teacher is within us. It's not out there somewhere. Yes. And also I've been doing some work around my willingness and I am com- I'm coming to a very uh, calm feeling about it, which is uh, to bring the same energy to it that Christ would. Uh, the Christ in nice. itself, that is gentleness and acceptance and allowance for that unwillingness because only within that context am I going to learn to soften enough and to breathe enough to let it go and expand that my energy outward instead of shriveling up in contraction. So I appreciate that. Sweet. Awesome. 
Yeah, to keep bringing the breath up, 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 and opening is just uh, fabulous to have that tool. So yes, nice work, young lady. That's fabulous. Awesome. Uh, and I'm still challenged with the worksheet, so I'm glad that um, I'm very happy that Tim is committing to one worksheet every single program if, as long as he can. Um, or in the cool. context of that program as you can. And um, I... Uh, but Is there I a question? Oh, yeah, lungs. In my, That's where I was going. Thank you for redirecting me. I got lost in Wonderland again. Um, the, the, my lungs is just are just one indicator for me of my... Uh, unfinished work because I've been challenged right. with lungs all all along as you have. I understand and, that one <laughs> really yep. well. And, and so, and then the uh, candidiasis is another giant one uh, that I'm working with and looking at. And also the since it w- I have come to the conclusion it is an endemic form and that's why it's been with me. I came in with it probably. Uh, the, are, are you a candy eater? Nope. I don't eat nope. any sugar of any kind other than okay. what's actually in the food itself um, right. or the foods themselves. And we eat only whole foods here. That's why I spend about two to three hours a day, maybe on, on a busy day, uh, just keep being the keeper of the stores and making dinner and Plus, Larry's hard right. does his own breakfast and lunch, as long as I keep him uh, provided <laughs> with goodies, and then um, it, it works. But then my my uh, this this cataract condition I have, I've realized that it is really an expression and an offering of healing for withdrawal because that's been my mo is to withdraw, to withdraw and to withhold and to keep myself safe. And so, um, How about a mind shifter? Oh, uh, let me get a piece of paper here and a pencil. Okay. Two things to write down. One, I would uh, do a search for Bravo, B-R-A-V-O, in fact, I'll just I'll just forward this email to you. Oh, perfect! Um, and you also were going to send me the power person, the complete power person um, worksheet, so I worksheet? could get on. Okay. With, yeah, that would be great. The last one that you okay. all did, and um, yeah, and then the so Bravo. What is it? Bravo. It, it's a, a probiotic. It's it, you know one of the problems with candidate candidiasis is that uh, there's an imbalance in the microorganisms in the floor of the body. And the best uh, probiotic that I know of is called, is called Bravo. There's actually, I'm forwarding you a, uh, an email from a woman in Florida who has a group that purchases it. It comes out of, uh, of uh, Germany. It's, it's actually in Germany. It's a standalone cancer treatment. 
you know, mm-hmm. or your average probiotic in the health food store, or what have you here, or what you get in your yogurts or what have you is maybe six or eight or 10 or 12 um, probiotic strains. This is medically made in Germany, and there, if I remember correctly, something like 48 different strains as the best probiotic that I know of, and that might be enough to get your back into balance, especially if it's endemic, to to get your uh, your gut flora back into balance might be might be helpful. Yeah, there's also I also have a bacterial overgrowth overlay. So between those two, it's a pretty one one two ko punch. Uh, and I have discovered that I don't do well with a high purine diet. That makes a big difference. So I am finding myself. Pardon. You say you're uh, you're not doing sugar. Do you any Do you do any fructose? Nope. Oh, good. Good for you. You're on track with that. Yeah, and so. So mind shifter. One thing I one thing I am doing, uh, Michael, is um, Dr. Zach Bush's Ion. Right. Form. Yeah. That is helping too, I think. Yeah, Zach is doing some great stuff. Yeah. So anyway, go ahead and uh, send me those links that you were talking about. Okay. And then um, I think I'm good. Those are my probably my three top issues, and they deal with safety, abandonment, and um, nurturing. So I've got a mind shifter for you yet if you get your pen ready. Got it. It's safe and healing. Got it. And and the delight of my life. I love that word delight. I'm looking for my one word for this year. That might be it. <laughs> Got it. To enter fully into the world. And when I do, I am enthusiastically embraced. By all that I meet, period, and I'm going to add a second sentence to it. Okay, one minute. Okay. And then a second sentence, which I don't usually do, I am embraced Fully breathe because of the gentleness of 
of my presence as love. That's perfect because the other thing I forgot to mention is I have this um, shaking in my left hand that I've mentioned before. And I think because I have chosen withdrawal and fear, are you there? I'm here. Hello? Yeah, we're here. Oh, good. Because <laughs> I lost you the other day. Um, and, and what I re- I'm realizing, uh, beginning to realize, is that because I chose withdrawal and avoid as my MO, uh, what happened was I shoved the hostility part down into my unconscious, and I'm just sure that this left hand, which I'm left-handed, um, that the left side of my body, which is the inside of expression, um, is um, that I blocked it, I blocked it all my life in order to survive. And it's very, very unhappy at the moment. <laughs> as I uh, um, begin to allow it. And I begin to realize that I do not have to protect it or defend it. I would say defend it. I do have to allow it. Well, the most powerful probiotic that you're going to find, which will eradicate the bacterial and candida overgrowth is your cells being fueled by and connected to the truth of who you are as active present love. And that's, that's the most powerful probiotic there is. That's where I want to go. That's one of the reasons why I have uh, preferred, uh, I've preferred to choose. Why don't we go to cause? Why don't we go to cause? Life is so simple, and that's what I've been working towards. And this is where this healing work is really, really exciting me and a delightful, enthusiastic sort of way. In my way, it's enthusiasm and delight. And that's it. Thank you. So so with, with what you said in the last few minutes there was one major word that lit up energetically for me in your speaking. Okay. And so I, I just offer that this may be the, the, the key energy that's fueling these um, anti-life organisms in you. And that's the word hostility. That's the word hostility. Yep. And often yep. would be there's still a part of your structure that's feeding off of that unconscious hostility and presses it out through tissue to the world. And, and that, that could be the basis you... for all. Okay. Take a breath. When you open the veil of your temple and allow the space for that energy to rear its head fully in the presence of love, that's when it will be dissolved, and that's when that other is going to disappear. And the probiotic is just something that can assist you along the way. Beautiful. 
That's what the worksheets are. Yeah. So I had to look at every time in my life, you know, go right back to your earliest memories, every time in your life that you had some sort of hostility you recognized was running your mind, or maybe you didn't recognize that somebody else told you that it was, and I'd start, you know, putting those, the subject line of those down and do each of those worksheets. Every time in my life when I recognize hostility running my mind. Yes. Your mind or your mouth. Or my body. <laughs> yep. Or that somebody told it, me when I didn't recognize. Okay, got it. And it very likely is a power person dynamic. It's probably been going on for generations. And that's and why that's it's so why deeply I, embedded. Right. And that's why I want that power person sheet. I want to look at it. It seems to be my next my next step. Yeah. Awesome. Perfect. We'll, well get it to you, young know. lady. Okay, I'll let you know when I find my new power per, my per, new power word for this year. Last one awesome. was a well, it sounds like maybe you had it. Yeah. Delight. Very mm-hmm. good. That's a delightful word. Can, I know. We can give all of ourselves permission to be delightful. It's been denied from us for too long. <laughs> like like the denial somewhere outside of you? It it has somebody... The denial you suppose somebody down- else is responsible for that than you? No, because I downloaded mm. it. <laughs> <laughs> the buck stops here, or what we say. There you family, go. The, the buck buck stops here. <laughs> okay, take care. All right, blessings. Nice work. Thank you. All right, bye-bye. Mm. All right. Well, since you're in as a regular well, caller, Jeannie. you can't hear the announcement that uh, you've got 90 seconds. <laughs> 90 seconds. Well, then, with 90 seconds left, I'll just invite everybody to uh, to create the best year yet of your eternal lives. Uh, hold space. And, uh, you know, it's time for healing on planet Earth. It's time for a mass shift. Time for us to move into critical mass. And each one that becomes the leavening is what's going to change the game in the world. And we're here to change that game. So glad you're on the team and part of supporting us doing it. Have a blessed day. Thanks. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Mind Shifters Radio with Dr. Michael Rice and myself, Jeannie Rice, and Dr. Tim Hayes and Michelle Pache, as we present the first century Aramaic internal process of forgiveness. We are here for two hours every Monday through Friday from 12 noon to 2 o'clock Eastern Time on Mindshifters Radio. For more information on Aramaic forgiveness, please visit www.whyagain.org. That's www dot w h y